Good morning and welcome to Faith and Flagler. My name is Brian McMillan. I'm your host. I'm also the publisher of the Palm Coast Observer and Ormond Beach Observer newspapers. And thank you so much for listening to Faith and Flagler because building faith strengthens our community. And thank you to Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates for supporting the show. Today in the studio, I have with me Terry Wines, pastor of Bridges, a United Methodist Fellowship, which is at 205 205 North Pine Street in Bunnell. Terry, thank you so much for being my guest today. Brian, thank you for the invitation. It's a great, it's a great, uh, great to see you again. Um, I've, I've, uh, met you some years ago related to the sheltering tree. I Mm -hmm. think it was the first time we we talked probably. Um, so the sheltering tree is a homeless ministry at the church in, in, uh, on Pine street in Bunnell. What have you, what do you think that you personally have gained or how, how have you grown as a, as a disciple of Jesus from being involved with the homeless ministry like that? Brian, it's it's been a it's been a constant journey of being able to um, have a reminder that I need to see Jesus in every single person mm-hmm. that I encounter, but more importantly, they need to see Jesus in me. Hmm. And even when we say no, you know that no needs to be uh, not a cushy kind of lovey. It's 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 no, but. We still love you. No, but here's where we think we can help you better. That kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it really does take a special set of skills <laughs> to do this type of ministry. <laughs> uh-huh. You ever been frustrated with somebody who comes to uh, be served? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I don't, I don't know how Jesus did it. To be honest with you, I mean, you know, really, it was just. Uh, yeah, he, so, he had that. He had that special set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> so you want people? How do you do? You think you've gotten better at it at seeing some seeing Jesus in other people? I think so. Oh, absolutely. But again, there's times when there's times when I. I fall back. There's times when I, and there's, this is a, actually a story when I was um, about 15 years ago mm-hmm. and I was still taking some classes in seminary and I was serving a church part-time in Kissimmee and the parsonage was right on church property and I was getting ready for a summer class and I had about three books to read and we had a little food pantry there and people were kind of used to coming to the door of the parsonage. So I'm sitting there trying to do my power reading, and I had already gotten somebody one, okay, I'll go over and get you some food. And I came back, and then finally there's this guy came in, and I just said, listen, I, I, I can't do this right now. Um, you have to come back in an hour or whatever, whatever it was. I came I'm, back. I'm busy reading about how to be more like Jesus. Well, here's, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the hook on it. I came down, I came back down, sat in my nice cushy leather chair, picked mm-hmm. up my cup of coffee, took a sip, pick up the book, which was The Theology of Mercy by John Wesley, mm-hmm. serving others in Christ's <laughs> love. And I had that, again, you have those moments where God yep. just goes, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So I, I, I apologize to the guy 
when he came back. Very good. <laughs> um, it's it, it's amazing how clear sometimes the right thing is in your mind. Yes. Um, the spirit is willing, <laughs> but yet how weak the flesh is. That's right. That's when right. it comes down to. But wait a minute, I'm stressed out, so mm-hmm. I have a, I have a good reason for not you know, doing that, you know, right. do, doing what I, what I, what my brain is telling me is the right thing and the spirit's telling me the right thing. Um, so yeah, the sheltering tree has been operational there at that, at the church, which was recently renamed bridges, mm-hmm. a United Methodist fellowship, um, for a long time. And I think what I've seen is in, I haven't had a lot of interaction there, but the, a couple of times when I've been there, I have seen the, you know, Jesus in the volunteers. Yes. Yes. I mean, think about, you know, people are <clears throat> for, you know, enjoying their lives at home, watching their Netflix, watching their TV. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> These volunteers are working hard um, in some, sometimes dealing with in frustrating situations or heartbreaking situations. Why? why? Why are they doing that? They could be at home watching their favorite movie. Absolutely. And again, every single person with the sheltering tree as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm, I'm on the board and I, I get paid by the church. Okay. But mm-hmm. I'm not by the board, nothing. And it is, it is amazing to see, see how these people interact. And again, part of the, the, part of the discernment is trying to see where that volunteer fits in best. Mm-hmm. Some people, are not a good intake person, you know, with the clipboard and listening. And some people are just best making sandwiches mm-hmm. in the back, you know, making coffee, you know, whatever it takes. Um, <laughs> and again, that's just, you know, again, it's, it's, it's that special set of skills. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I, you know, everybody there that is, that has been through that, I think even after a long day, we usually try to have a little bit of a debrief, but a long day, it's it's one of those things you know you talk about you know the the joy that came out of it yeah you know cuz cuz if there is no joy then why are you doing it can you can you explain why where where you find joy in in you know this hard work of serving other people sometimes that's really hard okay but i i would say again it's it's not necessarily seeing how many people that, that that were served? It was it was maybe even finding the joy in working really really hard in in this one with this one particular case. Uh, maybe coming in and there this one particular person uh, we maybe didn't even think would qualify, but there was something about the Holy Spirit that said no. Continue to ask questions. No. Continue to to listen to them. And again, that's the other part of it. I think the joy too is listening to people and hearing their stories and, and, and trying to discern through a lot of the minutia, mm-hmm. because again, they, they, they bring a lot of baggage, but being able to listen through it and again, being able to see how love works, which again, sounds nice and flowery, but Love means, to me, sometimes rolling up your sleeves, getting dirty, mm-hmm. and uh, sweating through it, and and realizing that um, 
God's been glorified. Yeah. He's been glorified through sometimes the work that you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about the, I asked you if you would identify a passage in the Bible mm-hmm. and tell me kind of how some of your thoughts about it and maybe how it, how it relates to you, how it could, uh, you can, it, it can be likened to your own life in some way. So you pointed out Exodus 16, mm-hmm. two through five. So this is about the children of Israel. They're going through right. the, going through the wilderness, mm-hmm. trying to get to the promised land. Right. Moses is leading them. So these great stories from the first, first few books of the Bible. And it says, The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron. I'm not sure what other translations do there, but complained against Moses and Aaron, right? Yes. Um, and they said, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots, or the pots of meat, I think is how you had it. You had it translated. Mm. And when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So it sounds like, I'm not sure exactly how much time has passed, but um, since they were delivered out of the, you know, from slavery in Egypt. Right. But they're saying it would have been better to just stay there and at least we had food to eat. So can you relate to that emotion? Oh, absolutely. How so? Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, even, I mean, it's, it's been in every stage of my discipleship. Um, when I was discerning my call to ministry, you know, it's like, oh, the sun came up and God told me to come and serve. No, that wasn't it. You know, it was a slow process. My, my, my calling to ministry and again, my, my um, affirmation and reaffirmation of faith, because somebody asked me what time, uh, one time when I was saved, and I said, which time? Mm-hmm. You know, there's been several. <laughs> um, was more of an Emmaus road, mm-hmm. which meant, you know, it was just that slow drip, slow drip, slow drip. And, and yet, you know, you find the joy in it, but then, again, life hits you. And... For me, you know, like in, in, in my calling, it was like, oh, I got to go back and complete school. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, um, I'm, I'm too old to do that. How, how old uh, were you when you decided to go back to school and be a... 46 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, 40, I'm 44. So. so there you go. I'd, <laughs> I'd had a 22-year sabbatical from, from, from higher education. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but yeah, and, and, and then even going through the process of the candidacy of ordination, you know, why am I sitting here writing X amount of papers, you know, pages of, of theology, and why am I doing this? I, I just want to serve God, you know. Ah, let's just give it up, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, a lot of times within within serving in pastoral ministry, you know, you, you – I'm I am one of those I'm a boomer, so I, I grew up with that uh, instant gratification. You know, people my age and a little bit older always like to blame younger people for you know. Although they just want instant. No, we want instant gratification <laughs> too. We wanted it. Okay, everybody probably does. yeah exactly. And so when times times get a little tough and when there's a challenge, I've just you know 
Well, let me just go back. Let it's me easy just, to look back at the good old days. Exactly. And, you know, part of it too, Brian, is with my own sobriety. Um, it's, it, was, it was always easier to go through life when I didn't have to worry about the consequences of my actions. Um, when I didn't have to, you know, sobriety brings a whole – sobriety brings joy, but sobriety brings reality. And I think a lot of times when just dealing with reality, we, we, we don't want to go through the steps. We don't want to go through the process. And, and you know, God's, God's transitional process is, is in God's time. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I want to, there's just times it's easy. Oh, it, it would just, it would just be easier if I were just, you know, not having to deal with all this. Um, it would be easier if, if I just, you know, what, what, why am I, why, why am I, why am I sitting down with this book, you know, this, this ancient book mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to discern modern th- <laughs> ideas from it? Um, uh, you know, and I think too with, the struggle with the church itself, the church itself, is we forget that the time is linear and that going back, I do not believe, is what God wants us to do. Well, maybe deciding not to go back is part of why he would perform this miracle if you keep going in Exodus 16. Right. Now, first of all, the, the, maybe the people had, had a point. They're hungry yeah, to the absolutely. point of they think they might die from starvation. Right. right. It probably was pretty dire. And I think it's easy to look back at like the children of Israel and say, look how often they're complaining. Um, but I don't like to be hungry very long. No, no, no. <laughs> In our no. church, uh, we fast 24 hours once a month. Right. And uh, by the end of that, I'm not, I'm not real happy about, <laughs> about life. Um, you know, I'm pretty weak in that way. But um, so these people are hungry, you know, mm-hmm. it's, just people going into the sheltering tree. They're hungry. Right. I mean, you're going to make certain decisions. You're going to have certain perspective that's uh, a lot different. Jesus fed the 5,000 as he was teaching them because they needed to be fed to, to grow spiritually too in some ways. So in Exodus 16, 4, it says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So kind of acknowledging the importance of following the Sabbath. Sabbath, So these laws that God has, he says the the part of the purpose of these, you know, the restrictions was to prove them. What do you think that he means by that? Well, again, I think it comes back down to a, a, a more of a reliance on what, on God, on who we can't see, less reliance upon ourselves, um, more of a rely, more of a, more of an appreciation, I think, of what we have in front of us, and less about oh, what I would really like to have. Again, I, I've had. I've had financial struggles, okay, mm-hmm. um, but I've never really ever experienced that kind of hunger. I've never experienced that kind of homeless uh, homelessness, uh, but I have experienced hopelessness. Uh, 
And again, part of my default is to not want to stay the course. And I think here God is saying, stay the course. I'm going to give you what you need, exactly what you need for that moment, for that time. And, and you'll be okay. And, and, even, and even with exactly that, I know exactly what you're going to need to observe the Sabbath. So take care of that. Even it's going to be prepared to keep the laws. Exactly. You're going to be able to do it. So that you can, so you can take a Sabbath and, and have the Sabbath the way I would want you to. I'm even going to provide that for you. So when I feel hopelessness in my own life, mm. I don't really feel like it was a choice. It feels like something just happened to me, and now this feeling of hopelessness has consumed me, and I feel you know down and out about something. But God doesn't want us to feel that way. And in fact, it seems that if I'm feeling that way, am I doing something wrong? You know, am I, um, how, how do I, how do I get out of that? What, what is, what, what is the answer to this feeling of hopelessness? It's, it's not like I want to be there, but right. I feel like I'm sort of trapped. That's why, that's why you would feel hopeless, right? Exactly. Exactly. And again, I, I think we are, we are prisoners of our own minds. Mm-hmm. We're prisoners of our, of our own, um, history. And, uh, part of that, part of that release is knowing that while we, are, we have been made in the image of God, I truly believe we've been still made in the image of God, that, that we need to be able to, again, it goes back to relying on God. And, and you know, it's, 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 again, going back to the aspect of Sabbath, taking a step back, not relinquishing responsibility, not, not giving up, but saying, okay, this is, I can't handle this at this moment. Um, and the other part of it is, is while even in those times when we feel we cannot experience the presence of God, that's why we have been made in community. That's why God has created us to be together. That's why there are, that's why, that's why God created the church as a koinonia, as a loving community. That's why if you are struggling with an addiction, that there are, there are groups that you, there are people you can call on. Maybe the hopelessness is, is, uh, brought on by or certainly heightened by right. a feeling of loneliness, isolation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I may, there's again, back in, back in that time, back about 15 years ago when I was dealing with full-time school, dealing with a church. And I, I remember pulling into a target on 192 in Kissimmee after a class. And I just, I was, I was done. I didn't know how I was going to get finished this, this one paper. I didn't know how I was going to prepare for this council meeting that was there that going to be that happening that night. And I sat in my car and I could not move. Hmm. I, I was, I could not get out. My phone rang and it was one of my covenant brothers who had said, what's going on? The Holy Spirit had convicted him to call me. Hmm. 
And for the next 10 minutes, I cried and we talked. And then I was able to get out of the car and do the little shopping and do whatever. And I can't even remember what the council meeting was about. I don't even remember what the paper was about. (laughs) All I remember was God delivered me out of that hopelessness at that point in time. Um, through somebody else, through it's somebody just like, else, just like we're talking about with the sheltering tree, right? You know, you're seeing, you're letting someone else hopefully see Jesus in you. That it's 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 not you that's coming to the rescue; it's Jesus that's coming to the rescue. That's going to be the the best way for them to see it and to understand it. Absolutely. Um, the these the the children of Israel used to have food in abundance. At least that's their romanticized reminiscence yes um we sat by the flesh pots the pots of meat we had mm-hmm. you know we had all we could have and we had all the food we wanted in slavery now we got nothing and then they're delivered more than they can handle as long as they follow the laws of right gathering the manna the what is it right um and um uh what does that say about god's ability and willingness to provide it 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 gives us it gives us again hope it is it is not a, it is not magical it is not a trick it's mystical because we 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 really we really don't know how it works we don't know the mechanics at we all. don't know the mechanics and mm-hmm. and you know again we'll someday when we get to see god we can ask him all those questions i had a seminary professor who said you know when i get up to when i get up to heaven i'm going to slap paul and then i'm going to hug him and then i got about <laughs> I, then i got about an hour and a half worth of questions to ask him okay um but we really really don't but it's it again it, that is where that is where god's love to me is is the secret sauce is that god would say okay you're complaining i did this for you and you're still complaining, I'm still going to provide for you. I'm still going to give you what you need. I'm still going to give you my presence and my love. And and the, you can't you can't put a price on it. There, you know, books of of systematic theology have been written about it, which I'm certainly glad of and and use as reference. But again, it is it's the secret sauce of God's love. Yeah, if we skip over the other passage that you wanted to talk about is Matthew 6, um, in verse 25, it says, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hard to do. It is. Take no thought for what you're going to eat. I mean, look at what I did mm-hmm. to the children of Israel. I gave them manna. Right. Food out of thin air, you know, so to speak. Right. Um, and then the example that Jesus gives, behold the fowls of the air. The birds, right? They don't sow. They don't plant. They don't reap, gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? So we can't be hopeless. No. We should fear not mm-hmm. and trust that somehow God's going to provide. And it's a, and Brian, pretty hard to do, <laughs> Brian. It's but but that's see that's the difference. But I think between an active faith and I don't want to say passive faith, but I think a blind faith. Active faith is saying, "I know God's got me, okay, but I'm I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna do whatever God is calling me to do." Mm-hmm. 
and I may mess up this and I may not do this right, but I'm, I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to, to, to seek through God's word. I'm going to continue to seek through the koinonia uh, of others. I'm, I'm going to continue to roll up my sleeves. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, again, birds, birds are provided for, but a bird has to go out and yeah, still, there's some work there. There's some work there. So um, we're out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> Terry Wines, pastor of Bridges, a United Methodist Fellowship at 205 North Pine Street in Bunnell. Thank you so much for being my guest on Faith and Flagler. Brian, thank you again so much. Thank you to Douglas Property and Development, Big John's Appliances, and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates for supporting Faith and Flagler. We'll see you on the next episode on Spotify and, podcast, and Apple Podcasts.